Hello, hello, and welcome. I'm Nick. I'm Ryan. And welcome to Late Night Guide. Uh, this is your audio... Uh, I don't have a thing for this time. <laughs> this is your audio free jazz. This is your inner space style journey into the minds of two young men uh, who couldn't be arsed to find something more productive to do with their time. This is your pirate radio signal coming from inside a laundry machine. I don't... From inside the we're, house. We are the borrowers, as it turns out. But simultaneously and, from Star Road? And we're hijacking your signal. Do not adjust the audio or the visual. We'll have the vertical put, or the horizontal. We'll put this on the back of the box. Um, because there isn't... It's a podcast, mate. <laughs> Might? <laughs> it's... If, if you're if you're seeing video from this, you might need to you might want to uh, consult. I'm not sure what kind of specialist, but I think your wires may be crossed in some way. You would have some sort of some someone with neuro in their title, yeah. basically. Okay. Hi. Hi. How's it going? It's going all right. Very glad to be back here on this psychosomatic laser show. Yeah, isn't it fantastic? We are going to. Uh, s- I'd say, like, trip the light fantastic, but I think we're, you know, you got to think positive. You know, we're still young. We still got our youth, most of it. So we're not just going to trip over the light fantastic. We're going to skip it, the light fantastic. We're going to do a sweet kickflip over it. We're going to skip it, bop it, twist it, pull it. None of that is actually going to (laughs) happen. In fact, uh, today Nick, Nick called me down here because he wants to talk about his experience this weekend. Last weekend? Last weekend. Last weekend at PAX. Man. I went to PAX. It was exciting. What do you want to hear about first? Tell like, me, just tell me about Boston. Help me get the lay of the land. So Boston's about, like, almost like right on four hours away from here. Mm-hmm. And wait, it, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. I mean, I mean emotionally. Spiritually. Uh, help me understand the state of mind you are in. From here, Boston is, like, right on about, like, Three ex girlfriends and a postcard from home. Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right. Um, and then when you get there, the last three blocks is traffic. Whether okay. you're going, you know, physically or spiritually. Gotcha. Just the last three blocks of traffic. All right. Um, which we didn't learn till like the second night there at like midnight driving back. But they were still had like backhoes scooping snow. Into dump trucks that they were going to drive down to the shore and just dump in the ocean. <laughs> oh no, that's bad. Probably the worst. It's like it is like you know how like Snow, you know how like Snow White is a fictional fairy tale character. Yeah. Okay. This was this snow was basically Rumpelstiltskin. Um, like think of the snow. Like I don't know. Think of the snow out front of like any given fairly fairly popular bar. Yeah. And think of how much puke and cigarette butts is gonna be in that snow. You know, you can actually that yeah, that describes like all of Boston. Okay. No Boston is weird because it all feels like that border between like Brooklyn and Queens. Okay. But like the roads are real twisty. Huh. It's really weird because it's just like like all old buildings, but like well kept and like nice, you know, nice quality on them. And then you're just like, and now this road just splits off from here. Figure that out. One way streets. What do you want? <laughs> this building had to be curved because that's how we put the road down. We built this city 200 years ago. We don't know what we were doing. Yeah. And there's a little pyramid in the middle of the river, like under one of the roads, uh, under one of the bridges. Yeah? Yeah. Is it like some Illuminati shit? Uh, Is that where the dragon lives? So on an, uh, in a different car on that same late night trip coming home, it was decided that that's probably Kanye West's tomb. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, yeah. He had it built preemptively. Yeah. Or did he? Yeah. Or did he? Yes. Were any of these roads cobblestone? Because that's something that threw me when I was in Philly one time, was that there are cobblestones in Philly in some uh, parts of that town. We didn't get any cobblestone. A lot of left-hand exits off of, like, the highway, though. Oh, grody. Like, we have one left-hand exit that was three right-hand exits. It was weird. 
Are we talking like a Jersey style oxbow? No, whatever those are called. It was it was something else. It was just weird. Weird. Uh, well, that's been fascinating talking <laughs> about the, the traffic patterns in Boston. Why don't you tell me about the convention? Uh, <laughs> I the saw bait and switch. I saw like three homestucks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like. Yeah. I. Let's let's qualify this here. This was your first PAX? First PAX. I've never at been all. to a PAX. I don't know what like obviously it's it's a fan show. It's not like a trade show or whatever. So like there's cosplay. Well, it it kind of so it was weird cuz like it was like the whole convention center, which was actually pretty nice. But like they had the show floor which was basically like you look at it and you go like, "Oh, you could probably like build a, a an airliner in here mm-hmm. it was like that kind of big room three floors tall you could you could dry dock a cruise liner in here if you had to yeah and then all of the uh like theaters and stuff were on floors surrounding that's so, like no matter what floor you were on there was floor to ceiling windows looking both out onto like the ocean on one side the city on the other side and looking onto the show floor from the inside Okay. It was kind of fantastic. And skywalks. Dope-ass skywalks going over the convention floor. Um, but so you look down on it, and it's kind of split right down. It's split down the middle. On the left side is, like, all tabletop gaming tables. All right. Um, and But it was, like, tabletop and magic cards. And in the back, like, Intel computers had just come in and set up, like... 400 PCs with, like, CSGO and whatever else you would want to play on them, and you could just go do that. Uh, and then on the right side... Action Quake 2. I mean, oh, I should have just dropped that on all of them. Uh, <laughs> and then on the right side was, like, the actual, like, booths and stuff, which even itself is now split so much that, like, the left half of that section is all the AAA stuff, mm-hmm. and the right half is just all the indie stuff. Gotcha. The mega booth. Yeah. A um, uh, quick diversion. Yo. What's the what's the current state of uh like the legality of redistributing Quake 2? They made the engine open source. Gotcha. So as long as you take out like the some amount of like the ID logos, make sure yeah, you're not yeah, putting yeah. any of the original levels or sounds or whatever. Their specific like, models and stuff. Yes, but like as long as the content then is original, like yeah, you can totally just be like hear everyone. All right, cool. Um which is great. Action Quake 2 was unfortunately not on the show floor in any form. <laughs> um, was Firefall there? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh. You want to play, like, Smite, though? Okay, so, like, the I spent almost, like, my entire weekend just in the, the Mega Booth. I didn't check out, like, any of the AAA stuff, so I'm just mm. going to run down, like, what I noticed was there. <clears throat> uh, Smite had a huge presence. In the indie booths? No, 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 this okay. is in the AAA stuff. Okay. Um, Smite had a huge presence. Everyone... Everyone, like every single person I talked to, everyone was just like, I'm going to try and check out the Overwatch booth. Okay, yeah. Um, which makes sense. Yeah, um, that was that was that weekend when they revealed... Uh, the new character. The new character, yeah. the big buff lady, and everyone was like, you did it, Blizzard! You made a woman who's shaped slightly differently yep. from every other woman you've ever made! Um, uh, Guild Wars 2? Was there? Okay. Final Fantasy fourteen was there. Apparently you could like walk up and they had like here's just, you know, max level characters, high tier gear, and there's a bonus boss. If you beat the boss, give us your username and we'll get you some some free like in game oh, promo weird. items. Alright. Um uh, like, Oculus was there. Was like a, was a, was a Riot Games there? I didn't see a Riot Games actually. Because they've done they've done a lot of PAX promotion stuff in the past. Like I got that PAX Jack skin from not going to PAX and not uh, playing yeah. League. But I got one. Uh, the weird part was seeing, like, there was one place there that was just, like, just computer cases. Oh, yeah? <laughs> just, like, hardware manufacturers? Just, like... Well, there was just, like, one booth, and the only thing that I could figure out that they could sell was, like, like PC cases and desk chairs that were shaped like, you know, racing seats. Like, the kind of seats that you put in a racing car, except huh. it's got your desk chair wheels bolted to the bottom. And not a five-point harness. Yeah. It, it looked like it could have had a five-point harness on it, though. Uh, and then, like, Twitch had a whole... So one thing that was really kind of cute was a lot of these things, uh, even, like, one of the tabletops, uh, a couple of the tabletop boots, I think, had, like, 
So, like, they had, like, the front face of their booth with, like, the big wall, a big screen with their game on it, and mm-hmm. place for you to, like, stand and, like, watch the people who are playing it. Um, and But then also live commenting commentation over it. Oh, yeah. And then, like, if you walked around the backside of, like, that wall with the TV on it, there was just, like, a couple of lights, a camera, and two dudes sitting at a very cramped desk. Oh, shit. And they were just, like, live commentating, just, like, right there, just crammed in the corner. It and was, I'm sure that was, like, going out on Twitch. Probably, yeah. Yeah. But it was just really neat to see that, like, oh. But, like, there were, like, three or four of these setups at different booths across the floor. It was just, like, man, everybody had the same idea to, like, make two people very uncomfortable for three days. <laughs> like, how is that not, like, how loud was it on the floor? Uh, I mean, you had a shout. Most people would lose their voice. If they were on the floor all day. So, so that was the other thing. Like, you could be on the floor, but then there was, like, a very discreet separation from, like, the floor and all of the, like, three levels around it, like, with all the hallways and theaters. And mm. those were actually, like, pretty dope. There's still a lot to do there. Like, there were some tables, uh, a lot of places to get food. Mm. So, pro tip. Okay. The handheld lounge was in one corner of, like, the second floor, and it's just a hallway full of beanbag chairs. Yeah. It was... It was pretty cool if you could ever find a chair to sit on. We found it once because we got there, like, before the, sh- the show floor opened. Mm-hmm. Um, but right around the, the corner to that, like, like in the direction that you would never, ever have a reason to go because it goes into a dead end. Uh-huh. But we found a little concession stand that nobody was at. It was, like, the only stand that had no lines huh. for, like, every time we visited it. And they sold three things. Sold big, fat hot dogs. Sold big fat buffalo wings. They sold chili in a bread bowl. All right, it was really good. That that'll keep you going. Yeah, <laughs> I I think I ate seven dollar hot dogs for most of the weekend. Jeez. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't even like remember what else was on the AAA side, just because it's like, all right, big screens, you're showing stuff. This is all stuff I've seen about on Kotaku, I guess. Um, so like the real meat of it, and, and so then there were also like. It was really weird because, especially like the vibe between the mega booth and. All right, so so you know how like we've been to anime cons and like the artist alley and the vendors are in different locations. Uh huh. Okay, so the vendors were on the same floor as all of the booths. Okay. Um, just sort of like surrounding the edge, a couple worked in. Like there was a Thinkgeek booth, real like kind of central in. I think they were right next to the Iron Galaxy booth, actually. All right, and um, they weren't they weren't there like. They, they were just explicitly there selling shit. They were selling shit. Oh, Capcom had a booth. Oh, yeah? Their booth was kind of nice because they had, like, just... What does what what Capcom have on display? Monster, Monster Hunter. Hunter, I guess. They had a big-ass wooden cart that you could, like, go <laughs> in, and I guess it had chairs. And then they, But then they had, like, four caravan tents just oh, set cool. up. They were nice and draped with pillows in them, and people were just chilling in that booth playing Monster Hunter on their own DSs. Damn. It was so much Monster Hunter everywhere. Every line, every place there was chairs, everywhere somebody was sitting down on the floor. It was great. Awesome. Um, I got into none of those hunts. <laughs> uh, but I did solo and online uh, Tetsukabra. Yeah, I, I actually I got up to my uh, my uh, my urgent quest to get up to HR2 if you want to give me a hand with that. I would love to give you a hand with that. All I right, cool. Who it is. I, mm, uh, Nursilla, I believe. Man, so... Like, I'm, I'm definitely geared to take... You know, to deal with that because I'm up to the like the high rank caravan stuff. Oh, really? Um, I ain't there yet. Um, I was not joking when I said that the last boss in this game is the Turn A Gundam. <laughs> I can't wait to see more of that. He's really cool. Um, but man, it's like I really like how a lot of the bosses are like a lot of the new monsters are definitely built to be like, hey, you should be using the insect glaive. It's real cool. Because just, like, stuff that likes to hang from the ceiling or hover a little bit off the ground. Yeah. And, like, and here's your weapon to get up there and hit them. Mm. And it's like, all right. I, I used that thing for a long time. I only just got a weapon that was more powerful than it, um, which is the hammer, which is a drill with a jet on the back. Yep. Um, and so my gear is set, and I finally just got detect on a, on a set. Nice. Like, real early on. I should not have that yet. Oh, I guess I should I should make some other set then. Oh, okay. <laughs> Telling you, Velocipray. It's a really nice starter set. It is. And then I got the, like, crystal head piece that you get from uh, Palico Stamps and Commendations. Oh, yeah? Which, I don't have it, that one. Because that has two slots on it, so I was able to slot in Psychic Jewels, and that's how I got the tech. Otherwise, nice. it's, like, 
the alloy for for uh, alloy leggings for torso up, and then Velociprey stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, the Indie Mega Booth. <laughs> like so, the reason why I bring up that like vendor artist alley split is because like like the AAA boots, you know, big walls with names on them, huge TVs, people like cheering, like they're running their own commentary stuff. Mm-hmm. But the indie booth felt a lot like an artist alley might feel at like an anime con because it was just like here's just like a whole bunch of tables that we set up for you. We put up like black drapes in between the like divided sections, mm-hmm. and then people just like set their stuff up there. And like most places, it was just like here's like one big TV that one of these computers is going to get streamed to, and then like two to four smaller sections who everyone can get a chance to play. And it just had like a real small vibe, but it was still like big enough that you could get lost. Like, I mm. kept getting lost. Like, I basically stood next to the Vlambeer booth all day <laughs> because otherwise I would be lost. Mm. Um, that's that's a good sign. Um, I got to shake Dave Lang's hand, though. How's your hand doing? Uh, eh, pain's almost gone. Okay. Um, he's a cool guy. Yeah? Yeah, he's all right. That's, strangely, that might be, still be one of my highlights, like top five moments. <laughs> and just like, like, oh, shit, you're Dave Lang. He was like, yeah. I was like, I made those Valentine's Day cards of you. And then he cracked up. And I was like, <laughs> all right, good. I've done important deeds in this life. Nice. Um, but yeah, so, okay. And then what you do there is you just wander around. You look over people's shoulder because, like, it's crowded. People mm. are, like, people are touching shoulders everywhere because there is no other option. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like... At some point, is it kind of like... Uh, is there kind of like the same feeling of like being in a crowded train? Like you're just like, yeah, we're shoulder to shoulder in here. That's just how it is. I'm just going to do my best to just stand here, look into the middle distance and not focus on that too much. So here's the weird thing. It wasn't always like that. There was a couple of times where there would just be like people looking at the same thing you're looking at. And just like, you'd be like, yo, this thing is awesome. Right. And they'd be like, yeah. And like, I am not somebody who makes friends with strangers very easily. It would be okay to like turn to somebody and just go like, this is pretty awesome. And they would just nod back at you. All right. It's a pretty good, especially. And like, I think sort of like the, you know, the social aspect of games is what did it. So let me tell you about duck game. Duck yeah, game. Tell me about duck game. I watched a trailer for that. And like, I, honestly, my first thought was like, this looks like one of those things it better like feel really good. Otherwise I don't really see the point of another one for me. Uh, those things being like your tower fall samurai gun, minimalist yeah. esports. Okay. Let me give you the, the, the sort of hook on duck game, which is cause like I looked at it and I was like, Oh yeah, it's just like a four player deathmatch kind of thing. The thing is like items and interactions. Like when you start a match, you have nothing in your hands oh. and just like, there's going to be a level editor, so thumbs up already. All right. But, like, so, like, the, the one, there was one map that loaded up. And so this is the thing. Like, like we were looking at it, and then the game ended, because, you know, everybody's got that game loop. But, like, the game ended, and, like, the people who were playing put it down. Like, I looked at the other dudes who had been watching it, like, with us, and we just, now we all picked up a controller, and we just started going for it and just started, like, shooting each other. Um, so, like, so there's that part of it where just, like, like, you get in, and you're playing with people, and you're all, and you know, you all know that you want to see this thing. Nobody's mm. here standing here just because this is where they were today. It's like, no, I'm here, and I'm, there's enough things at this place that I'm at this booth, because I'm interested in what we're looking at together. And now you're all playing with each other. You're building the experience together. Yeah, and we're laughing with each other, and, you know, miniature rivalries are being created. So, here's the thing about Duck Game, and here's the level that basically made me get it and sell it to me. There's one level where everyone starts in one of the four corners of, of the map next to a sword, uh, a helmet, and a piece of plate, plate mail armor. Okay. Okay? So you can pick all of those up. So, like, you can pick up armor, uh-huh. and you could just throw it at a dude instead of equipping it and just, like, conk him in the head to knock him out. Oh, okay. For one thing. For two, what you don't notice, because first you're like, but the you don't have a lot of time between where you figure out where you are and time to move uh-huh. so everyone who picked that up like in the middle of the map there is a magnet gun huh. that if you grab it <laughs> you can pick up the people wearing the metal armor nice so 
It was that. And then you nice. could just pick them up, keep them helpless, and shoot them off the side of the level into oblivion. That's the level that sold me on that game. All right. Plus, like, the swords. I was the only one to figure out that if you threw the swords, it still killed people. Because hmm. specialists, throwing katanas, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, so it's, it's a lot of, like... Uh, non-traditional weapons that we've seen in that sort of genre yet. It's a lot of like, you know, here is a level that's, you know, a bunch of pillars with spikes in between them. And it's not, it's not hard to jump around, but everyone gets a net gun. (laughs) Um, All right. There was one level that was just like a whole bunch of teleporters that, and like, you know, stuff carries momentum through teleporters. So it's like, all right, I'm going to like, you threw this grenade at me. So I'm going to pick up this desk Throw it at the grenade to knock it back through the teleporter oh. back to you. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, a lot of the, like, system shit of Spelunky. Just Physical like, interactions. Yes, yeah, like, there's a bunch of stuff in this level. There's a bunch of stuff in this level. Everything on this level has a, a, a behavior and, you know, actions and reactions. And the interesting part is the way they all interact with each other. So, like, yeah, you can just, Kind of like, like a, almost like a Half-Life 2 deathmatch where everything is much more... Wacky. I don't know, discreet and visible because it's not a first-person 3D game. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, there was there was one map where we were on, like, a metal skyscraper, and so somebody found out that they could point the magnet gun at a wall and get... And pull like, towards it? hook towards it. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so... You have my attention now, Duck Game. Yeah. So And so here's the thing about Duck Game. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be the next big thing. How come nobody's been talking about this yet? Because it's been out... For like what? over a year, I think. What? Ouya only. Oh. It was trapped in the Ouya jail like so many other unfortunate souls. So they were there building up hype for their PC release, right? Basi- so they were under the Adult Swim Games booth. Oh, really? Yeah. So Adult Swim is going to be their PC publisher. Oh, damn. Adult Swim had like one like double-sized booth with like six games in there yeah because they've been they've been doing a lot of stuff that i feel like i've been vaguely aware of but not really keeping up with like i know they had that i should that um, like game in an office building where you had to kill yourself very quickly yeah i think it's like called like five minutes to kill yourself and then there was like lesbian spider queens of mars or something something like that uh they did uh that um dog samus game that pradunkian worked on wait really yeah huh yeah, I, th- I think Fedunkian's worked on a couple of games under Adult Swim now. Wait, is that different from the one where you play as Laika? Yes. And you fall back to Earth and it's all messed up? I really want to play that game. Yeah, Because you come seems... back as Cyborg Laika. I'm going to go and grab some of my notes from Pack, and while we do, we're going to take the following break. This week's episode is brought to you by being aware of what scares you. Understand what scares you, so that you don't let that fear rule you, and you react to it accordingly. I think it was a professor in college who told us the best way to win at poker, like hands down, be willing to lose more money than your opponents. Because when you get scared, you act dumb. And when somebody acts dumb, they get bad at games. And they get bad at other things. They get bad at everything. So the trick to that is know what scares you. Because once you do, you won't act quite so dumb. And now back to the show. All right, now that we're back, here's the first thing I want to show you. And, like, Nick has produced a pile of flyers, pamphlets, business cards, and other ephemera. Is that a tarot? So, here's the uh, the, the gag from the Adult Swim booth. Here's all of the game. First of all, fucking look at that box art for Duck Game. Oh, wow, that's... I mean, you can't see this right now. It is a tarot. Yeah. My God. So, every game... On the backside of, like, their, their pickup card is also a tarot related to the game. Um, but let's see here. We also got Traverser, Death's Gambit, Rain World, uh, Ghost Song. A lot of people were super whack about Ghost Song. Like, uh, exploit- By whack, do you mean excited? Yes. Okay. Uh, just want to clarify. No, yeah, you, you got me. Good call. Um, apparently, it's, like, a good non-linear, like not too con like super atmospheric like metroidvania type All so right. it's just about walking around and exploring but it's not like it makes you feel things more than just being a good game it's one of those mm. uh rise and shine uh which the tagline here is ruthless gun combat bullet-based problem solving uh, all right westerado and uh Oblitus. so yeah like 
I, I really like that gag because not only are those good sized cards, but like I like the tarot thing. I like the they had enough games there that they had like their own set of collectibles. That's a that's a goddamn polar star in this here rise and shine art. Ooh, that's a sad robot over here in Ghost Song, isn't it? Listen, number one rule of cartoon robots. Monster slaying action RPG called Death's Gambit? Yeah. Ugh. That's amazing. No, you want to talk about, uh, look at how big this card for Tribute Games is, and it's for Curses and Chaos. Ooh, lovely. Which, so I played this game, Mm -hmm. I'm still not sure what it is. Alright. I had seen GIFs of it, like, on their Tumblr, and, um... They so their entire booth had no tables. They just cleared it out and brought in three huge custom-made arcade machines. Really? Yeah, with just like giant flat screens in them, like and playing to, just to play their their little game on. And it's weird because it's a two-player single-screen wave-based brawler is what their playable demo was. I don't know if that's what the huh. end game is going to be. Okay. Um, but like, do you again, do you play as this large man and this other person? Yes. And nope, just those two. The who's the witch? Uh, I have no idea. Okay, so this is probably an in development thing, but they mm. had like a playable and like it was fun. They had like items. It was like a little combo driven. I don't know. Like uh, I didn't get too sold on it. It definitely had that feeling of a tribute games game, mm-hmm. like uh, all the animation priority of Mercenary Kings. They don't like to let you frame cancel. So, so yo, Star Mazer was there. Um, Star Mazer is a, like, side-scrolling shooter visual novel adventure game? So you remember, like, Space Quest? Yes. It looks like it's going to be a little bit of Space Quest, and then you play Gradius. Gotcha. And that sounds dope. Also, I see their QR code here uh, has a small portrait of a man with a big fluffy pompadour in the center of it. Yeah. So that I'm into. That's their main character. It seems like he might also be a dandy man in space. Mm. Um, but so, so the the did you see Star Mazer? So they they don't have Star Mazer yet. No. Let me tell you a story about this because it's like I walked by the table and like I saw Star Mazer out of the corner of my eye. And I was like, oh, I know people know that, and I was like, wait, I have a deeper connection to this because they kind of like accidentally did a crossover with Sky Rogue. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How's that? Uh, Skyro guy put the ship from Star Mazer into his game to just be like, yo, Star Mazer looks great. I'm excited for it. I'm an indie dev. I can do whatever I want. So he just did it. (laughs) And apparently there were like two, maybe like two other games that did that as well. And so they've just been like crossing and like putting each other's stuff into games. Uh Um, And so... So, like, I was just, like, stopping. I was like, oh, yeah, I know you guys. I'm excited of you because I saw it through this other guy. And he's like, yeah, it's really great about that. And it just – so they just had a table with a screen with a trailer on it and mm. a whole bunch of these cards to pass out. But it was just weird because they didn't they didn't have anything to show. It was just two dudes standing behind a table. Like, they didn't even have, like, branded, like, T-shirts on or anything. It was just, like, two dudes. Um, but it was cool because, like, that is the booth that – you know, I got to that felt indiest mm. because it's just like here are these dudes. They're working on a thing and they're here to talk about it. And it is really, which is what you know, PAX is about more than you know, like anything else. It's about like people who are fans get face to face with people who are devs. Mm. Like, so you know, I already said I, I I met Dave Lang and shook his hand. Um, but also on that list was like uh. Drew, Vinny, and Dan from Giant Bomb. Uh, Giant Bomb? It's a website. Oh, never uh, heard of it. Are you familiar with uh, GameBomb.ru? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a lot like that. It's like the American version of that. Okay, gotcha. Um, Rami of Lambeer. I mm-hmm. got to, to shake his hands. I got a story about that, too. Max Temkin was walking the floor at one point. I got to shake his hand and say, hey, I'm a fan of your, in quotes, business attitude. <laughs> What does that mean? It means they got attitudes, and they run a business. <laughs> okay. Um, they created Cards Against Humanity. What do yeah. you think business attitude means in that context? I don't know. Um, they sold people poop. What? Yeah, did you not see the whole th- 
last black so remember the black friday where they raised the prices on all their stuff and still sold more things than normal no okay so that was like two years ago they did that okay this previous black friday i know that they did like a blind box like give us 15 dollars, we'll just send you some shit no that was their holiday bullshit okay which yeah they've done that like two years that's what it's been no they did a black friday special one day and it says it was a bullshit sale and it just says they put up a fact that said like is is this literal cow poop yes is it anything that is not cow poop no and they sold out. Huh. People gave them 15 bucks, and they sent them a box with cow poop in it. There are, like, like package opening videos on YouTube of somebody opening it going like, Oh, hey, I got this thing. Everyone says it's cow poop. It's cow poop. Is it anything that's not? No. I guess their fact was right. Huh. Like, right next to the Arcane Kids, Max Temkin and uh, uh, Cards Against Humanity folks are my favorite assholes. Were the Arcane Kids there? No. Oh, dang. But, <laughs> what are those kids are up to? I, 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 I'm on their newsletter. They just send, like, weird facts sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who else did I get to meet? I don't know. That was, like, enough to make me happy. Just... Other people here and there are like, hey, I want to check out your game. Hey, I want to do this. Like, two people who came and saw the Formula D boards that I worked on. Nice. Um, was there anything that you saw on the floor that was like, this was your first introduction to it? Like, you'd never seen it anywhere before and it blew your mind? I mean, Duck Game. Okay, uh, gotcha. There, there was a, Okay, so let's run down some of the other stuff. Uh, there was Runbow, which is basically just like, you remember Speedrunners? Yeah. The idea of just like a, a racing platformer? Yeah, yeah. Um. Not as complicated mechanics-wise as that, but it's just um, the background is one color, and every platform is a color, and the background changes periodically. Oh. And so when the background matches the platform and you can't see it, it disappears. Okay. And but, and that was it. It was Although it was a nine-player Wii U game. Nine players. By uh, one player using a Wiimote... Another player using a classic controller plugged into that Wiimote. Wow. <laughs> so, basically, four sets of two plus the gamepad. Nine players. Weird. Okay. That was my favorite thing about it. I think yeah. that's why it is notable. The gameplay, it was too easy to lose yourself. I really didn't have fun with it. Um, In the music? The moment? Yeah, no. I did not have to be carried off the floor. Okay. Um, it did not take my breath away and leave me gasping for air. I don't know where this metaphor is going. I think I'm quoting the song wrong. Uh, <laughs> there was run boat. There's something called move or die. Okay. Which, you know, very straight to the point. So you got to appreciate that. That's a uh, Warcraft three custom map, I believe. Uh, could be. Okay. So it was basically just, um, another trying to be like a minimalistic thing, mm-hmm. but, uh, Oh, what's, what's a good comparison? Is it kind of like a timed survival game. Like, Move or die. What what is that? Basically, it would just like hot swap game modes. So it would just be like, okay, so there's four of you. There's a timer where if you stand still, it ticks down, and if it ticks out, you die. But then other stuff goes on. So it'd just be like, you know, play a game of tag. When somebody wins the game of tag, we're going to go into King of the Hill mode. When King of the Hill mode is over, we're going to go into survival with all these death blocks on the screen. Okay. When that's over, we're going to go into like a short race thing. Um, Sounds like a pretty fun game. It seems like it'd be fun. Seems very like pick up and play, easy to get if you're like not into it. But I don't know if, if you're somebody who's into games and like into other stuff. I don't know if it would be too, uh, too enticing, too enthralling. Uh, what else am I holding? All right. Uh, here's something for Anne. That's just something we walk by on the floor. It's just like a, a Metroidvania type game where you pick either like the blue robot or the pink robot. And the other one is your partner, and they've been exploded, and you just go around this world uh, gaining abilities and collecting the pieces of them. And the end goal is to just rebuild your, your partner. I'm looking at a, a flyer here that's done in the style of a... It says Super Motendo Mega Enjoyment System on it, but it's done in the style of a, a, a Nintendo Entertainment System bla- uh, box art with the black background and what all. Uh, it claims to have ultra effects... Well, the Ultra FX chip was a thing in SNES cartridges. Yeah. Um, 
it's a cute looking game. It did look pretty cute. It looked like it actually played pretty well, and it did have some shooter uh, elements. So kind of like if you did like a um, cave story, and then sometimes you play Gradius. Hmm. Which hey, I would give that a shot. Um, I didn't get a chance to play it there on the floor. It was in a weird spot, and we were just on the way to get something else. But that was there. Um, what else you got? Tell me about what you got your hands on. What you really enjoyed. Oh man, let me tell you. Let me show you this button I picked up. I'm sorry. Um, he's he's pulled out a bag. The bag has buttons on it. You can see all my most most of these are my buttons. I have these Space Invader buttons. Here's the button I got from the Adult Swim Games booth. Look at this cute little button right here. That seems to be a bullet holding a gun. Yes. Is it okay? Just confirm for the audience. Is this super adorable or what? It's fairly adorable. Okay, so I got that from the Enter the Gungeon booth. Ooh. And I don't know if I would say that that was like the best game of the show, but it was one of the ones that I was most excited to be able to get my hands on. Mm. Um, it is uh, kind of like a, a nuclear throne or one of those um, mm-hmm. procedurally generated uh, dungeon crawler bullet hell games. Um, its sort of gimmick is uh, all of the enemies are bullets who fire guns at you. Um, Sorry? They're all it's because it's the gungeon, so everything is gun themed. Like there's a, a so gun the enemies are bullets that shoot guns at you. Yes, like shotgun shells and and nine millimeter rounds, and they're holding like handguns and shotguns. Do the guns shoot bullets or do they shoot guns though? So if you go to their page, part of they apparently want like procedurally generated weapons to be in there too. So like on the page, you just like all right, one of the weapons you'll be able to find is a mailbox that fires letters. Okay. One is just like an ice cream cone that shoots but, rainbows. But, but hold know. on. When you say that the enemies are bullets... The enemies are bullets. They like, fire like, guns at you. Like walking bullets with faces, arms, and legs. Do you mean that they are firing... That they have guns yes. that they shoot? Yes. Or that they are shooting projectiles at you and that those projectiles are firearms? Oh, no, no, no. They have guns, which they shoot smaller, regular bullets out of. <laughs> okay, they're, they're not shooting guns at you. Listen, that might be, like, one of the deeper levels. Okay. I, I got up to the first boss, who was the, um... Oh, what was it called? It was, like, the the Vulcan Raven? Okay. But it was a Raven with a Vulcan gun. <laughs> okay. Um, I, oh, I forget what it was called. It was a good pun. Um... But yeah, so it's a game where you run around with a gun. Uh, you can flip tables in order to create cover and like push things around. Are you a gun? You get. You are not a gun. You okay. there are like multiple characters to choose from that each have like different starting and different uh, starting equipment and different like uh, stats and what have you. Are they diff- are are they bullets? No, you play as like people. Huh? At least the three. Are you saying that bullets aren't people? Bullets are bullets. They <laughs> might be sentient, but you know we got we got to have definitions at some point. Um, that game, so, and so I have to do straight out, like, you know, this game seems pretty good. Like, I would like to play a few more hours of this. Is there a reason that you're not on early access yet? And his response was, we don't want to be. Good. Cool. Specifically, uh, they want to avoid this idea of just like, you know, we're going to be adding a lot of stuff to this game. And when we release it, we want it to be so stuffed with content that people are just like overwhelmed and like... Mm have a take take a long time to get a grip on everything in it so they don't want to uh you know let it out so people get like a drip of new content yeah, and get used to it they all. don't want like the people who've been playing it for the past half a year to enjoy like the half, last two extra yeah. levels that they put in at the end and then say well i've been playing it for half a year so yeah um so yeah that's not out yet not going to be out for a while like i don't know how much is already in it cuz it's hard like so so here's my nuclear throne story. Okay. Uh, Rami didn't show up to like the second day, but when he got there, he started the hourly challenges. Oh um, yeah. And so what they would do is every hour they would pull somebody out of the crowd to sit down and play the game. All right. And if they were able to beat Big Dog, the second boss of the game, uh-huh. um, everyone watching got a copy of Nuclear Throne. Oh jeez. Yeah. All right. So how many times do they actually have to pay out on that? Uh, at least once. All right. Because hold I, on, I signed up for the one o'clock slot, and like it was me and this like he might have been like a nine year old kid or something, and we just like sat down and 
it was cool because uh, Rami was standing there just like calling out, announcing it, and you know, showing off parts of you know the, his game through yeah, yeah. us playing it as, as examples. Really cool, like way of doing it. Like I, I was just really impressed with that showmanship. Was this uh, was this a chicken run? Yes. Nice. Obviously. Yeah. I I am trying to be the world's best chicken player, um, and like straight through. Yeah. I just ran straight. It was. And you did it. So like like when I said, "Hey, can I sign up?" He was like, "Do you think you can do it?" And I was like, "Yeah." So it's like, so there was a check in there. So it's just like <laughs> the people standing closer to the screens already had like a decent idea of what the game was. Uh-huh. Um, so like as we were, I was playing on a controller, which I had never done before, like never successfully done before. Um, and like I, we were talking and talking about like, oh, it's like, oh, hey, that's a good mutation for chicken. And I was like, yeah, but I usually prefer this. It's like, oh, but if you get that, it does this. Like, yeah, but not with this. So it's why I go with that. So we were like, like doing a little <laughs> shop talk. While thirty copies of Nuclear Throne are on the line, jeez, um, and like I do my thing, I keep a melee weapon on me. Uh huh. Like I never got, uh, I might have got, I never got long arms, and I never got anything more than the sword. I think I got scary face at some point. So if you've been watching my series on Nuclear Throne, you'll realize that that is not like the optimal way to play chicken. No, you probably want like long arms and like a sledgehammer, right? Yeah, that's a really really good combo. Yeah. Um, or trigger fingers. Trigger fingers is really good too, um, especially with the sledgehammer because trigger fingers. When you get a kill, it resets the cooldown on your weapon. Ooh! And sledgehammer has the, has se- the, yeah. the second highest uh, cooldown of all melee weapons, next to the what? shovel. Okay, I was going to um, say, what the hell's higher? Uh, the the shovel. The shovel. Yeah. Well, I mean, it puts out three hit boxes for every swing. Yeah. And it's great because if you play a steroids, his accuracy is so bad he can hit stuff behind him with the shovel. Wow. It's amazing. It's great. It's one of my favorite things about that game. Um, but yeah, it's so just like going through and like I lost my head at one point and got immediately back and just screamed and that's where I got rabbit's paw. And <laughs> and then the other kid playing, like he was doing good. Like I was pretty steadily ahead of him. But like at one point, he, he, was, he was pretty much keeping pace. Like he was the only level behind me. And then like as soon as he got to the junkyard, his screen cut to black and he got <sighs> killed in the switch. So they were just like, well, now it's down to you, and I'm like, yeah, I'm looking at the guy. One dude even commented, like, he's not even using chicken slow-mo. Like, that's the biggest thing about chicken. He's not even using slow-mo. So, like, <laughs> like I've never seen the wizard, uh-huh. but, man, <laughs> I was so bad. That's amazing. Uh, no, it was really good. Um, made me feel like a big goddamn hero. Uh, that is the third best point of uh, PAX East. What was the... What are the other two? Well, no, so I'm trying to work out five, and I think I got four. It's meeting Dave Lang, duck game, uh, getting to play into the Gungeon finally, and winning copies for everyone at the Vlambeer booth. So, like, did they crowd surf you out of there? No, I, I oh, kind of? <laughs> well, so it was weird, because, like, I beat the boss, and then went on for, like, another three levels. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did you loop? I did not loop. Oh. I did not make it out of the Frozen City. Um, because at one point I just was like, well, I already won for everybody. Now I'm just eating up time. So let me just, uh, get even more aggressive because huh. you don't play not aggressive at chicken. Yeah. Listen, chicken has a sword. Uh-huh. A sword is a tool for creating a safe place to call your home. What? <laughs> because, you know, people say like, oh yeah, melee weapon can reflect bullets, can only reflect half the bullets, but it can remove all the bullets from a specific space, which then you can stand in. Okay. A sword is a tool for creating a safe place to call your home. Gotcha. Ask the samurai about it. They will probably say the same thing. All right. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. So, like, that's all the stuff on the floor. And was uh, Did you happen to see Axiom Verge while you were there? It was there. I walked by it a bunch. But, like, I had heard the name. I didn't know much about it, so I kind of didn't play it much. I played Black Ice. I want to play that game so bad. I no, want Axiom I, Verge. I didn't play Black Ice. I looked at Black Ice. I played this other thing that really felt like a like a student project from a school. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I felt about that. Like, it, it's not even that it felt unpolished. Like, it felt like it was getting very polished towards, you know, on top of a core of what was a pretty bland game. Mm. Um. But yeah, that's about all I can remember for video games. If I think of any other, I'll throw them in. But um, there was a board game. There was two board games. So, like, yeah. So, like, it's sort of a gaming convention, but it's also... They do enough with board. Like, there was shops, there was other things. Um, 
First of all, I'm going to show you this. Uh, okay. Could you could you read that out for the folks? Uh, Dear Fox presents Maho Shoujo Fight Like a Girl, the card game for those who are truly kawaii des. Yeah, that part's. So I didn't get a chance to play that. I knew that was going to be there, and I wanted to play it. I didn't get a chance to because, cute. like, so you can't see it, but this card's pretty cute. It's it's a pretty cute card. You're um, gonna have to put up like a photo gallery of all the things you're showing me, you asshole. I'm gonna have to just put a bunch of links in the show notes. We'll get to that. That's at the end of the show. Okay. Um, but so that's a card game. Call them the schnotes. Nope. <laughs> Barely got away with Shump Month. Um, <laughs> so. I didn't get to play it, but basically the idea of that game is you are, like, fighting teams of magical girls okay. that you, like, play to the field by pairing, like, uh, magical girl egos with, like, street clothes All right. personas. Um, gotcha. And, like, you pair them, and then you have a character. And the idea is you are trying to steal all of the transformation gems away from the opponent teams that they can't transform anymore, and that's how you win. Huh. All right. Um... Like I said, I didn't get a chance to play it. I walked up and wanted to know about it. Uh, the lady was busy and couldn't even give me a pitch. Um, I like the concept. It might still be on Kickstarter, uh, at least at the time of recording. Uh, I kind of want to look into that. Um, but, yeah, that seemed interesting. And then there was Aegis. Aegis. Whatever. <laughs> it's not Aegis. <laughs> uh, so, as you can see, she has uh, guns for arm and short blonde hair. Uh, no, so this is a, uh, a hex-based, uh, hex and team-based combining robot board game. Hmm. Uh, and I was, I was talking to you this, uh, off mic the other night. Um, basically it's just like, you buy it, you get a box with like 50 robot stat cards in it, you pick like five to be your team that you bring into battle, and then there's a very like simple, um, like, every, everybody you bring in adds to a pool of energy and then you can spend that energy however you want amongst all the people you can shoot stuff there's like special situations and powers that you can get into and it's kind of like giant robot pokemon and then if you move two guys next to each other and you have their uh combined form you can make bigger better robots out of it and like stuff levels up and it's like a Yu-Gi-Oh fusion card no like a Yu-Gi-Oh fusion card no it's like a Yu-Gi-Oh fusion card but that's something that I did actually get to play on the floor, and it was really fun. And they're looking to get a real publisher now, so that's something I'm going to look forward to actually buying in the future. Mm. Um, oh, almost done. All right. <laughs> I stopped by the... Uh, oh, what is this? It was the Soda Pop Miniatures and Ninja Division booth. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a pamphlet that I got from them. So You're correct, it is. So they just had a, a bunch of stuff to show off. I walked away with a Tentacle Bento. Uh, Which is a surprisingly decent game for as distasteful as the uh, uh, premise might seem. Yeah, like, when when you think about, like, the sort of narrative of the game, it's kind of really gross. When you're just playing it, it's kind of like a rummy. And it's pretty fun to just play with a bunch of people when you have a couple of drinks. Hmm. Um, uh, so And I got this Karate Fight game is just Egyptian Rascrew with custom-made cards. Um, Deadfellows was interesting. It's a zombie gangster game. All right. Uh, it was real simple, real quick to play. What um, is this that I'm seeing with miniatures here, though? So that's the thing. It's Soda Pop miniatures, so their whole thing is like miniature-based games. Relic Knight is something I actually need to look into more. It's a, it's trying to be like a tabletop wargaming game in the style of like Warhammer, but no dice. It is a diceless game. Really? So, yes, I, I looked the thing up. I'll try to give you the quick pitch on it. Basically, you get all your, your, your... You have a deck of energy, and so, like, you have energy in your hand. All right. Um, so there are no dice, but there are cards. Yes. So every unit has a card, and it'll tell you, like, their health, how much they can move, what their special abilities are, whatever. And it's weird because you have a pile of idle units... All right. And then a queue of an active unit and two, like, ready units. And so you take them from the idle pile, you put them in the queue, whoever's active goes, and then you slide the queue up, put the active back into the idle, and pull whichever one you want out of the idle. Okay. So it's this weird thing where, like, both players know the next three units you'll be moving on your team. Gotcha. And then you can do whatever you want. Um, and then, like, 
every unit basically gets like a a move and an action. The actions are listed on the cards, and the 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 deck that you draw from has just like five different color energies on it. And actions cost energies. And actions cost energy. So then you can play the the action from your hand. So it seems like it's all right. But you still have to pull out a ruler in order to move stuff around the field. So even though they got rid of the dice, they kept, you know, something else that keeps wargaming from being too much. The um, models look pretty cool. I'm looking at like some kind of like weird mech with a skull face on the front, and then like they they had a, a thing that looks like an espion, and then like a neon pink robot. There was one that looked like a kind of like a Timo if Timo had an exosuit that was a spider. I saw that. What the, the fuck? Yeah. No, so that's... I w- at some point... Uh, so, the, like, two-player starter kit, which is basically, like, two five-person armies, mm-hmm. um, it was, like, a hundred bucks, Wolf. and that was on discount. Yeah, so it's a war game. It's a collectible unit war game. Um, these are some really dope figures. They have a lot of cool stuff. What I yeah. thought might be worth checking out um, in the first place, and this is what somebody actually suggested to me... Super Dungeon Explorer. Super Dungeon Explorer, yes. Um, they described it as, like... A tabletop game trying to be, like, an arcade dungeon crawler. All right. So it's still dice, it's still things, but a lot of it is streamlined. And they said you can play it in three ways. There's, like, they include, like, monster algorithms so that you can play it solo. Okay. You can play it cooperative, so, like, uh, multiple players being heroes versus the monster box. Or you can do it competitive, so it's you get a hero and some monsters... Against another team of a hero and some monsters. I really like the look of this thing. It's got, like, a really big, beautiful-looking, like, play mat, and then a bunch of, like, giant plant monster figures and sort of cartoony hero dudes. Yeah. I like the look of this a lot. So, like, I didn't get to this booth until, like, the last day of the con when everything was closing up, but, like, like even though a lot of these are, like, just, like, solid color models, yeah, yeah. like... Unpainted. They, they got good detail and like nice bright colors and, and nice shapes. So like this, if I was to get some, I would actually probably go back and get this. Like, look, it even and says, that way it doesn't cost three hundred dollars. Arcade. Well, I don't know how much this one actually costs. This could have been like an eighty dollar game in itself because it does come with a lot of miniatures. Um, but then also like they like to sell expansions to these games. Mm. So like if you do like it, you can just get a bunch more. And then they're gonna get like a similar uh, ninja themed ninja combat game with miniatures coming soon. So like. If I ever have, like, a lot of expendable money and people to play with, that's something I definitely want to look into. Word. Um, and I think that's about all I really need to go over. Like, I went I went to, like, everything that Giant Bomb people were on, I basically went to, um, including Sunday's PAX Mania event. So, wow. I'm looking at some trading cards from that event, and they are... They are fantastic. There's something to behold. Like, check out the stats on the back. What? Does everyone... Okay, not everyone has a has a wing preference, but... <laughs> Trash talk levels. Shocking! So, yeah, like... The, it started with the, the Royal Rumble, um, which apparently... So, apparently, now they're going to split it up because they have the Royal Rumble at PAX Prime. They have the road to Pax Mania at Pax South, which I think Jeez. is what they did, and now they have Pax Mania at Pax East. So it's not the Royal Rumble where they only play the one game for the whole time. They did like three different cards on the event. So it was like one of them was Saturday Night Slam Masters. One of them was a, an invitational to decide who will go to the next uh, Royal Rumble, and it was an eight-player match of Gang Beasts. And one of the players was sweary? Wait, what? Yeah. Alright. Did he did he qualify? Uh no, unfortunately he did not. Um but it was still an exciting match. Now do you think he didn't qualify because he didn't qualify, or do you think he didn't qualify because he can't guarantee that he's going to all those events because he's not from here and it was a goddamn work? So that's the <laughs> that's that's the weird thing about it because like that's that's the only match of the three cards that I feel was not a work in that event, um, especially because like every other match ended with some with some sort of mid match um, uh, interruption. Glass being broken. Lots of glass being broken. A guitar being broken. Dan Riker got thrown through a table. All right. Um, Just like in that Weezer song. Yeah. 
they completely unwrapped his sweater. Um, he shaved his head for it. That was weird. Really? Yeah, it was weird. Weird. Especially since you like everyone had seen him the night before on the the regular GB panel, and then he came back next day and he was bald. And they were Team GFB in tow, and he was going up against defending champion Alex Navarro, the Wolf. Um, listen, I gotta tell you, they're doing a good job at making a stupid wrestling thing. Like they are. Oh, in a lot of ways, they're being spot on about the wrestling. Like they're kind of like selling it. They're like getting people on the mic who can do mic work. They're doing more like stories and caricatures instead of like straight characters. Mm. Um, there's been turns every which way. I'm not sure where they're going with Team GFB now because it's kind of like the it's going to be the only thing running now. Mm. Um, but they're doing. They're making an entertaining show, which feels like you're actually watching a wrestling show, but then they play Gang Beasts and Saturday Night Slam Masters or whatever it is. Jeez. Um, which I want to look into, because I did not realize that that was basically just on the Street Fighter engine. Really? Yeah. Huh. It's, it seems like it's basically just a Street Fighter game, but like with a ring that you can climb out of and a lot of chain grapples. I didn't know anything about it other than that title in uh, Lost Planet 2. Yeah. God, Lost Planet 2 is so good. Lost Planet 2 is not at PAX, unfortunately. Let's wrap this up. I'm getting sleepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was my uh, PAX Adventures for the most part. Like, that is something that I would go back to. Yeah, it's something I want to go to. It's really fun. And and then, so, yeah, like, Sunday, like, ended a little earlier. We all went back to Paul's apartment and, like, ordered Chinese food and just, like, sat around, like, watching music videos on YouTube. And you know what? It was great. It was, like, the best way to decompress. Nobody had working legs anymore. Mm. Um, but, yeah, if, uh, if you're into that, if you want to, if, if you want face-to-face time, like, with the people who make the games that you like, PAX is a fantastic thing to do. Mm. Um you get to go around and shake hands and say, hey, I love this thing you do. Um, and if for no other reason, it's great for that. Word. Whew, shake it out. Uh, this has been an Elite Studios Podcast Network production. It was Late Night Gaiden. It's the second one of these. <laughs> I like these. These are fun. Make you smile. We hope you smile, too. Uh, if we did make you smile, let us know by going to uh, Facebook.com slash and uh, letting us know. You can also uh, leave a review and a rating in iTunes. Which is where you are already going to be if you're going to subscribe to us on, like, an iOS device or just on your, uh... Wait, is Macintosh, like, desktop considered an iOS device? It's not, is it? Or is it? Is everything the same? Are we reaching the singularity? So you can you can give us five stars on your pod. Just open up your pod, tab over to the stars page, and give us five of them. Yeah, I know you only got you've got only like how many stars do they give you now for a month? Is it only twelve stars? But we're gonna ask you to give. Well, unless you got like a like a D card, then you only get six. Oh shit! Yeah. Well, I mean, do the best you can. I understand people got needs, but if we could get five stars, that'd be really great. You like that sweet World War Two fuel rationing reference? Was that, it? <laughs> it tried to be. Wow! I only, I only know it through that one Bugs Bunny cartoon. Wow! Yeah, right. Um. What's the other things? Oh, uh, I'm going to try to link to like all the games we talked about, uh, if I can remember. Uh, you will find links to all of these things on our show page, which can be found at elikustudios.net slash podcast slash late night. Or if you just go to slash podcast, you get to the feed that has uh, all of the episodes from every show we do on the network, which uh, I believe next week... You are going to be enlightened by the first published episode of No Credit Continue, which is sort of the rebirth of the Freeware Game Review Podcast. Cool. Yeah. Also look out for the pirate imager gallery that I'm going to put up of all the little pamphlets and cards and stuff that Nick showed me in this episode that you might have seen in your synesthetic... Ah, shit. Uh, (laughs) Synesthetic uh, trance state. Can you can you like assuming take... that we don't remove that bit from the beginning of the episode? That'll probably be in there. Okay. And I believe that That's... that is uh, everything you are going to need to know about. So until the next time we sit back down here at the microphones, uh, have a wonderful time, everybody. Be nice to each other. Was that the sign off? I thought we had one. <laughs> cut. <laughs> okay, but do I leave the cut in? I don't know.
I'm just saying. God. I'm just saying. Oh my God, I'll fight you in the desert. <laughs> Why the desert? Power Ranger style. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. I, I'm, I'm back on board. 